I'm now joined by Anthony Caruso, co-head of product specialist at Dimensional, who's now a top 10 ETF issuer, currently 24 ETFs, over $60 billion in assets. They're also the largest actively managed ETF issuer, and all of this has come in less than two years. You heard me right. In less than two years, they've gone from no ETF assets to over $60 billion. And Anthony is now on the line with me from Charlotte, North Carolina. Anthony, great to connect. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Nate. Appreciate it. All right. So if you're being honest, are you surprised by uh, Dimensional's ETF success up to this point? Or is everyone in your office like, yeah, this is exactly how we expected things to play out? Nate, uh, it's definitely been busy. Uh, you know, we're, I think, very fortunate to be in the place we are in partnership with our clients. And to your point, less than two years ago, we launched our first ETFs. And you fast forward today to quickly become the largest active ETF issuer with over $60 billion in assets. I think it's just a testament to the partnership and trust we've built with financial advisors and institutions. And I think at Dimensional, you know, we launch investment solutions based on the needs we hear from our clients and the growth that we've seen of more than $19 billion in flows since each ETF has listed, I think, speaks to that. So to answer your question on being surprised, I, I, I would, wouldn't say we are surprised, but I think we've been really excited about the growth and opportunity uh, to be able to help financial professionals and specifically their end clients meet their financial goals. All right. So out of the 24 ETFs you offer, I believe seven were mutual fund to ETF conversions, roughly $40 billion, which, by the way, I mentioned this at the uh, the top. I know some people want to point to these conversions as a way to sort of uh, take away from what Dimensional has done so far. I would just say, look, Dimensional has already seen, to, to your point, nearly $20 billion in inflows to their ETFs, which that alone would make you a top 20 ETF issuer. But, but in any event, Anthony, uh, besides the conversions, I believe all but one of the dimensional ETF launches are essentially sister strategies of existing mutual funds. Do you want to just talk about the lineup overall? So I show 19 equity ETFs, four fixed income ETFs, and then a recently launched U.S. real estate ETF. Just give us a quick tour of the lineup. Yes, that's right. So 19 equity, four fixed, and one real estate. And to your point, you know, seven of the 24 ETFs they were tax-managed equity mutual funds, which we converted into ETFs, and that was the largest mutual fund to ETF conversion uh, in history. And so if you think about the tax-managed strategies, investors that are using those are looking to maximize after-tax returns, and that's something that we felt we could better deliver in the ETF wrapper with the additional lever. So that provides our strategies with not only the focus on maximizing qualified dividend income, but also seeking to defer some of those capital gains being you know, very tax efficient. Now, to your point, we've seen growth in terms of our flows of, you know, 65% of them roughly is coming from all of the other strategies. And so what are those strategies? On the equity side, I really would bucket them into two camps. The first camp, think about our market-wide ETFs, and then the second components, and we'll talk quickly about each one. On the market-wide side, that is, think of our U.S. Core 2 ETF, ticker DFAC, this is a strategy that allocates from large caps all the way down to small and micro cap stocks and then tilts towards the segments of higher expected returns, so value, size, profitability. It's a market-wide solution. The component strategies that we have on our equity lineup are more niche segments of the marketplaces like small cap or small cap value as an example. 
And so worth mentioning across both market-wide and component strategies, you know, we have these across U.S. developed international and emerging markets. Now, on the fixed income side, we have four strategies, a core fixed income, meant to be the ballast in the portfolio. We vary the maturity and credit based off of the opportunity and position towards higher expected returns. We have a short duration strategy, an inflation strategy for those looking to preserve purchasing power. And then lastly, a national muni strategy where we launched these four ETFs in November of last year. Now, to your point, Nate, you know, all of these strategies are based on the same approach to implementation that we've been managing portfolios for over 40 years. It's just done in the ETF wrapper. And I think to the other point you made earlier, what's most exciting is we're seeing flows across the platform, not only from the converted strategies, but the rest of the ETF lineup, which I do think is important and, again, speaks to the partnership we have with financial professionals. Anthony, one thing I'm curious about is the approach to fees here. So I show the lowest cost dimensional ETF is 11 basis points, and the average is about 26 basis points across the entire lineup. I believe the, the weighted or the asset weighted average is 23 basis points. But I had uh, FactSet's Elizabeth Kashner on the podcast last week, and she recently wrote a piece on ETF fees where she specifically singled out dimensional. And she noted how in the active ETF space, which again, your ETFs are actively managed, which we can touch on on why that is, but she mentioned that you're capturing an outsized percentage of inflows. And I want to read this to you. She said, quote, firms like Vanguard, Charles Schwab, and dimensional ETFs have figured out how to compete in a low-fee environment and have been reshaping the competitive landscape on their terms. It's no mean feat to garner inflows during a bear market and even more impressive to gain market share during a selling frenzy. You know, that's pretty good company to be compared with on, on cost. Do you want to talk uh, about the approach to fees here? Yeah, and I think it's accurate. You know, our strategies are priced more closely to passive than they are to active. Uh, and I think that's important for investors. And if you look throughout the history of Dimensional, we continually, you know, enhance our investment solutions and look to pass on any efficiencies and the benefits of scale to our clients. And so we're very proactive. We take a long-term view uh, and have a long track record of actually reducing fees for investors passing on those efficiencies. And so just over the past year, as an example, uh, we've had more than 80 fee reductions uh, for on an asset-weighted average, more than double digits. And so I think that is important. Most of our strategies, or excuse me, all of our strategies are within the top quartile on fees, and many are in the lowest 10 percentile on fees. And so when you think about that, the reason that matters at the end of the day for investors is it's important to be in the top quartile. If you look uh, across time, one fees are one thing that you, you, know, you can't control as an investment manager. And by doing that, when you look within that top quartile, there's a wide dispersion in terms of returns. Let's just take U.S. as an example. So what really makes a difference within there is you need to be thoughtful about what you're selecting. And often those strategies are going to be index strategies, which we look to enhance. And we believe a flexible implementation can really prove better over the long run. And so that's where it comes down to implementation. What are investment managers doing for me as a shareholder to better my experience? So sec lending, corporate actions, doing everything else behind the scenes to add value. And that's what we look to do. So, yes, you know, we agree uh, with their points and appreciate uh, the note that she wrote. Let's talk more about that uh, adding value aspect. And, you know, to your point, on the fee side, dimensional ETFs do look much more like index-based ETFs compared to uh, active ETFs. But I think when some people think of dimensional overall, 
they do think of you as being more index-based or, or systematic. So can you explain the active side? Because this gets us into that flexible trading component. Yeah. So, I mean, central to overall just our investment philosophy, we have a belief in markets and that prices are fair and based on an aggregate view of all market participants. But not every security has the same expected return. And so what we want to do is use market prices to understand the differences in expected returns and build broadly diversified portfolios around that. So let's talk through the way I like to think about dimensional. We're not predicting the future. We're not trying to outguess market prices. We're systematically pursuing higher expected returns. Now, from a passive standpoint, I think we bring the benefits of passive and marry that with active. So passive, why do investors invest in passive? Now, you know this. It's broadly diversified. It provides them with exposure to that segment of the market. It's low turnover, which tends to lend itself well to tax efficiency, and it's priced competitively. Those are the three main reasons you hear from investors why they own passive. We incorporate all of those within our strategies. Our core strategies we talked about have, call it, 2,300 to 2,500 stocks in the U.S. We're low turnover, single digits. That tends to lend itself well to tax efficiency. And all of our ETFs are, again, within the lowest quartile on fees. But where do we differ? Where does the active come into play? Unlike an index, we have a daily flexible process where we're looking to consistently provide exposure to those segments of higher expected returns within markets. And that's something that we've done for over 40 years in mutual funds that we're now able to do in the ETF wrapper. And so at the end of the day, you know, why does that matter? Well, it matters because this approach that we have has a long-term track record of success. Take the past 20 years as an example. 88% of our equity strategies have outperformed the prospectus benchmark. Consistency and flexibility are really important, and that's really where the active comes into play. Anthony, just a few minutes left here. If we uh, zoom out a little bit and, and look at the bigger picture, I know when Dimensional first announced plans to launch ETFs a couple of years ago, and then when you ultimately follow through with that later in 2020, there was a lot of talk about how this might impact financial advisors who were big users of Dimensional Mutual Funds. Just because Dimensional is well known to have a pretty rigorous training program and approval process for advisors who want to use your funds. And I think for better or worse, uh, some advisors did sort of hang their hat on the fact that investors could only get Dimensional funds through them, right? There was some exclusivity. And so I think people were curious to see whether you launching ETFs might negatively impact those advisors and, and potentially even your mutual fund business. Have you seen anything at all here or heard anything from dimensional advisors who have expressed concerns or has it all been positive? Yeah, we've always worked with our clients to understand their needs. And when we think about our overall ETF platform, you know, we've heard positive feedback from our clients and being able to provide them with choice, whether that be mutual funds, ETFs, or the separate account business where we lowered our investment minimum. I think the one point that was crucial, though, for Dimensional was for clients that were less familiar with ETF trading, we spent a lot of time on education around trading best practices and working with our experienced capital market teams. Now, in terms of trainings or our conferences, we continue to provide that uh, to investors and insights and education around our investment philosophy and approach, and we will continue to do that. You know, we've done these both in person and virtually. And I think, fortunately, we made a large investment in studio and technology prior to COVID. So we were prepared when COVID hit. But these trainings and education, it's nothing new. and It's quarter-dimensional, our academic heritage, uh, and to be there for our clients. But what I 
don't want to lose sight of, though, is you know where Dimensional is today, being able to offer clients that choice around mutual funds, ETFs, uh, SMAs, and ETF models. And at the end of the day, you know, we'll look to help our clients and you know meet them where they are. And that hasn't changed, uh, nor will it in the future. In terms of moving forward, can you tell us anything about Dimensional's ETF plans? Like, should we expect more mutual fund ETF conversions? Can we see new strategies launch? What should we be watching for? And I know you're limited in exactly what you can speak to, but maybe just higher level, what should we expect? Yeah, again, you know, we are fortunate and do thank our clients to be where we are today in the ETF industry. Um, if it says anything about us, you know, we are very committed to our ETF business and wanted to stand up next to our mutual fund and separate account business. Now, for ETFs and what's in store next, we're going to continue to launch solutions that meet the need of our clients and have those conversations every day. I think on the conversion side, uh, you know, as I mentioned, those were tax-managed mutual funds that we converted. There's nothing on that as of now. Uh, in terms of what's coming the rest of the year, we do plan on launching four sustainability ETFs. Three of those are equity across U.S., international, developed, and emerging markets. And then one is a global fixed income strategy. And I think just we will continue to build that out and offer clients the ability to build fully dimensional ETF models for those that are interested. Well, Anthony, congratulations to you and the dimensional team on all the success so far. I'm sure it's been a lot of fun in the uh, the office, and I'm certainly <laughs> excited to see what the future holds for you. But thank you for joining me this week. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. That was Anthony Caruso, co-head of product specialists at Dimensional.